0: Podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm A.J. Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. He's actually my new co-host. Really excited to have him on uh, Jared, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, AJ. I'm happy to be here and War Eagle and thanks for allowing me to be a part of this.
0: Yeah. Really excited to have you on. Um, I got Jared on, uh, I, I met him. He was in my building, um, when our, uh, my company was at a different building and he was across the hall from us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I saw a few Auburn things on him and then, you know, just started talking about Auburn stuff and, uh, asked, you come to find out now that he's on our on the podcast and is going to be the co-host with me so really excited about that uh but I wanted to kind of introduce you to Jared uh talk about uh get to know him a little bit more um so Jared first off like when and, and like how did you become an Auburn fan
1: well that's a great question honestly uh my uh so I grew up in Georgia my whole life but my uh parents are from Alabama and my dad went to Auburn so honestly that's all I've ever known um, so I've been an Auburn fan since I I could you know walk to be honest with you um, yeah and uh, living in Georgia that was not always easy but I'm sure uh, <laughs> that, that's all I know my friend
0: yeah uh, another question to get to get to know you so everybody has their they're probably their I don't know if they have the favorite Auburn player but if you had to pick one Auburn football player, uh what's your favorite?
1: Yeah, that's real tough. I I probably would go back to Cadillac Williams um strictly because of number one is, you know, his heart and dedication, but I had a class with him as well when I was at Auburn, so yeah. um you know, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to top that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, such a legend that when I was playing football in the backyard with my brother I was imagining myself being Cadillac Williams. <laughs> like, he, he's an awesome guy. Dude,
1: I'm going to age myself. I was in class with Cadillac <laughs> and you were in the yard playing, trying to be Cadillac. Hey, you won't Williams tell how old I am. This, then. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, all right. One more question. Um, and, and I have my favorite Auburn football game. Um, I'm going to say it was the camback back, uh, mm. back in 2010. Um, when I got to attend it, my my dad. This was my freshman year. He said, "All right, Auburn's having this crazy awesome season. Let's go to does Tuscaloosa, um, and go watch the game." And you know, at halftime, I was like, "Oh gosh, what? What did we get ourselves into?" But you know, the end of that game, where Cam just he he does what he does, and uh, he came back and uh, won that one. But Jared, what what's your favorite? Or most memorable Auburn football game that you ever attended?
1: Man, that's a tough one, and it's hard to to top the Camback or you know the kick six or prayer Jordan hair, but a little little less known game that gets talked about was probably I think two thousand one when Spurrier came in with number one Florida, uh-huh. and um, I had not been in college very long, and that was the loudest I'd ever heard a stadium ever, yeah. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Damon Duvall won the game um no forgive me that game i think we we won pretty handily but um it was it was number one florida coming in and we won that football game and it was the loudest i'd ever heard a stadium and um i'd always been an auburn fan but that, i had never experienced that
0: yeah those, those are special moments like i the probably the more recent one that i went to was the 2017 uh auburn georgia game and uh that one oh my gosh oh yeah the, the was- crowd was raucous um Soldier Boy was playing <laughs> some good stuff, man. Some good stuff.
1: Yeah, that you yeah, the the 2017 um was was a good good year as well. I was at that game. It was a good one.
0: Yeah. Um so in addition to obviously introducing Jared um as my co-host, we also wanted to talk about uh all the just various news that's come up in the last uh I guess probably month and a half since uh we've recorded and uh so some of that's been coaching changes uh Auburn in the senior bowl um and then we're going to talk about the NFL combine that just happened uh with all the various Auburn players that uh got invited to go participate in the combine so let's start out with some of the coaching changes uh so I didn't realize that there was this much change, but overall, including all the like various assistants and uh, a lot of times it was behind the scenes kind of player uh, people uh, that ended up leaving um, some of the more notable ones, Marcus Woodson. He's, he was our defensive back coach. Um, he was a huge record recruiter for Auburn uh, decided to go to Florida state. So that, that really stinks for us uh, when it came to recruiting, but, uh, we'll talk about his replacement. I think his replacement is a very solid pick. Um, and uh, the next one was J.B. Grimes, uh, offensive line coach. Um, he retired. I don't know what that really means. I Maybe mean, he actually <laughs> did retire. Um,
1: I-, I have my my thoughts on what retired means when in the coaching industry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of reminds me of, like Urban Meyer retired.
1: Retired. Yeah, he's <laughs> retired several times, I believe.
0: Yeah. Um, but. I felt like there had to be something. I mean, especially after the last year of offensive line issues, um, like some something had to happen, and this might have just been the thing, um, get a new offensive line coach in.
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing, if I can add, the one thing about the timing uh, was a little interesting, though, because we, were, we had just gotten in the running for that five-star, uh, big five-star guy out of Georgia. Oh, yeah and before that guy ever backed off of us we let jb go and um, i did find that a little interesting I, mm-hmm. apparently he was not the head recruiter on that um but um just one thing to add there
0: yeah i mean you you would think oh let's keep him around just long enough to maybe get a commitment out of him but i don't know Yeah. And I
1: don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things into it. I just, uh, it, the timing did surprise me because we had apparently become that that guy's number one, uh, people were saying behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That one, I mean, it didn't shock me all that much, but you know, when it came to that timing, I, I didn't understand it, but you know, it's all right. Like I I don't, it obviously didn't hurt our recruiting all that much. No, we did okay Um,
1: on offensive linemen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: another, A big assistant that did leave was our offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham, Uh, Mr. Dilly Dilly himself, uh, (laughs) went over to uh, Florida State as well, Uh, went to be back with his uh, coach that he was under at Memphis, uh, Mike Norvell. So Mike Norvell got the big job down at Florida State. Kenny Dillingham followed. Um, Pretty predictable. I mean, did you see Kenny staying around for that long?
1: No, I didn't. And I didn't know much about his connection to Mike Norvell and, you know, how close they were. Um, I've often wondered, too, though, was this kind of Gus saying, hey, we're going to go, you know, Chad's available. So I don't know if that Mm -hmm. was also a convo behind the scenes. That's just speculation. Yeah, for Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Kenny was not going to stay long. Um, Yeah,
0: he was he was too young and up and coming like you, you knew. You know he's offensive coordinator in in quotations like he wasn't I mean obviously he was doing things he was helping out with practices but his goal is to become a full-fledged offensive coordinator and potentially head coach down the down the road and for him to be I think he's like 27 years old he he was he was going places he was moving around
1: well yeah um, I mean you look at Rhett Lashley now I mean I forgot did he just land at Miami he, uh, I
0: think that sounds right.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he he shot up the ranks. He left Auburn and went to, I think, UConn, and then uh, maybe SMU. I may be messing this up, but
0: um, yeah, no, that's he, very true. Uh, yeah, he's the offensive coordinator now at Miami, yeah, and I think previously SMU, UConn, and then Auburn. So yeah, he's. It, it's it's just the way that the tables turn a lot of times with offensive coordinators. Um, A couple other coaches that ended up leaving, uh, Charles Moore, our defensive back analyst, not our defensive backs coach. Uh, He went over to Kansas uh, to be over with Mad Hatter. Uh, And then we had uh, Jonathan Rutledge, special teams analyst, another analyst, leave to go to Nebraska. Marcus Davis. uh, These are behind-the-scenes kind of guys probably never even heard his name Uh, (laughs) assistant director of player personnel went to Florida state. So we had a lot of guys go to Florida state. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, one that I, again, hadn't heard of our director of high school relations, uh, Doug Goodwin, uh, also left and now he's at Ole Miss. So we've had a little bit of turnover as far as assistance. Um, but as predicted, a lot of these positions just with, uh, you, you you can find guys there's there's a pretty quick turnaround to finding guys for sure. um, so for example the defensive back coach we lost marcus woodson uh in his place we got Al pork or pogue i want to call him pork <laughs> like from star wars every freaking time
1: man i tell you i'm excited about this guy i don't know anything about him but i've seen his videos yeah he is he's like trooper taylor i mean he's, i know i want to go play i want to go hit somebody after right? watching
0: him he is there's certain guys uh that just carry around a ball of energy like and it doesn't deplete at all like they're 110 percent all the time he's one of those um and he's also apparently a really good recruiter um so that's awesome uh, he's also pretty familiar with auburn um so again really awesome to hear um Uh, Another coach that we ended up getting, so um, after we lost J.B. Grimes um, to retirement, uh, we got Jack Bicknell Jr. Uh, He's our offensive line coach. Uh, He recently came from Ole Miss. Um, Just a few numbers um, from the Ole Miss's offense last season. So um, they were uh, second in the SEC and ninth nationally and rushing average pretty uh, that's pretty good <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take that yeah i'll take that <laughs> um and a lot of that had to do with uh just the the way uh Plumlee, their quarterback played uh but i mean it was also a good combination of quarterback running which you have to have a pretty good offensive line anyways um but also their rushing attack uh with their running backs so um I guess where where do you see our offensive line going for this next season uh now that we're pretty much getting almost a fresh batch of guys um where do you see that going
1: yeah I mean I don't know I mean I you know I can't remember the center's name but I think he's the only returning starter and
0: is it Kim Caleb Kim
1: Caleb Kim and and some people are you know some people are concerned with that and I understand that um but I'm kind of ready for a fresh start um Now, if you go back and look, believe it or not, I feel like we pass-protected pretty decently this year. I don't think they got enough credit for that. Yeah. Um, But we created no running lanes. And, um, you know, I know the other starters were veterans, but I'm excited to get some new guys in here, um, get a new coach in here, and see if we can get back to kind of, you know, I hate to say it, but the Auburn way of being able to pound the rock.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if you're – I felt like there were games where – it was a struggle even to get to a hundred yards rushing in a game. And that just shouldn't be the case. I mean, any team that can't make it to a hundred yards rushing in a game probably isn't going to succeed in the long run. Um, so that's got to come back. And uh, I'm hoping that our offensive line with the uh, Juco transfers that are coming in um, and then the, just the underclassmen that have kind of been waiting, the, waiting their turn um, will hopefully be able to, make a make away from themselves
1: well and and real quick you know I know it's easy to get excited about Chad Morris and I think we're about to talk about him but, yeah I mean this is huge I mean I, I heard a stat the other day where um, I think under Gus or at least in the last few years when we don't rush for 160 yards we've won seven of the last 25 games that that's happened <laughs> so that's ridiculous yeah so I mean we have to and when we do rush for 160 uh, we're like thirty and five. I mean, it's yeah. So that's a huge. This is a huge hire, and we need it to be a home run.
0: Yeah, and I think we really do. Even though we're more than likely Chad Morris is only going to be here for a year, tops two years before he he finds another job somewhere else. But while we got Chad Morris here, let's use him uh, because I think that that was, if anything, it was one of the most clear cut all right, Chad Morris just lost his job. Gus, Chad Morris, buddies, let's make this happen. Um, and just the the similar offensive mindness uh, of each other and kind of bouncing ideas off each other. Um, but I guess with that, one of the thoughts and one of the discussions I've had with um, other people is, and I want to get your opinion on this, Jared, is uh, do you think we're we're going to be running more of a Gus style offense or is it going to be Chad Morris kind of running Gus's offense or like what, what is the combination of all that?
1: That's a great question. And I don't think we will know until maybe even one or two games in, but I will tell you this. Um, I think there's only maybe one or two people on this planet that Gus would fully turn the keys over to. And I think mm-hmm. Chad's one of them. Uh, yeah. Whether he does or not, I don't know. I mean, you know, Gus is always coaching for his life, fair or not. Um, and so I know why you would want to keep control of that. Um, but I do think the best thing would be for him to give full control to Chad. Um, real quick, I don't have stats or names, but I do hear that Chad has apparently had major say so and analysts we've brought in and stuff that are not mm. necessarily former Gus guys. Yeah. And um, I, that's a good sign. That, yeah, for sure. that Chad's going to be, if you want Chad running it. I say that's a good sign. Some people want Gus, and I'm okay with that, but if you want Chad running it, I think there's some things behind the scenes that are um, kind of trending that it really is going to be his offense.
0: Yeah, and I think Auburn or most Auburn fans hope is uh, Gus is true to what he had said about all right. Chad, it's Chad Morris's offense. He's going to be running. He's going to be calling the plays, and that's something that um, Gus has you know played around with before uh, different situations of Rhett Lashley and then Chip Lindsey, but I, I also think Gus has definitely learned from uh, the mistakes that he's made. Of uh, it seems to be, and it, it seemed to be that Gus, even when he said he would turn over the, the keys, he would still have his hand in the offense in a way, uh, which you know he's never going to get his hands completely out of it, but there was points of definitely struggle um, with Chip Lindsey and Gus melzon's mentalities on on how to call a game even. Um, and you saw that with inefficiencies in offense. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping this is about as good of a situation as you can get with the trust between Chad and Gus. I, I um,
1: agree. And if I can add two more things real quick. I, even if Gus stays involved, Gus broke traditions this year. I mean, he passed a lot more on first down than normal. Gus's problem is I think he needs help with some receiver schemes. Mm. Um, I don't yeah. necessarily think Gus had bad play calling this year. I just don't know. We had the personnel or the schemes. Um, and the final thing that I've, I've asked people and i maybe you could say, AJ, um, I didn't like the way the bowl game turned out, but I wonder if that was the final thing of Gus to say, Hey, I, I do need to take a step back um, mm. and, Chad is fully yours. Cause you know, he didn't really fully commit to that until after the bowl game. Yeah. That's we probably didn't do well.
0: Yeah. In, I haven't thought about that. That's, that's a fair point. Like it, it could have been the the final, he had probably had people in his ear saying, Hey, you need to find a guy that can fully run your offense or run an offense. And you'd be the head coach. You be the coach of not only your offense, but, but defense and special teams. And that takes a different mentality jumping from um, I'm running this offense, calling every play to, no, you know, I'm taking a setback, letting my guys do their thing.
1: Well, and I remember back when I was in college in 2004, Chiswick was looking to take a position at you at Central Florida before it was, you know, winning supposed national championships. And um, it was to be a head coach. And Tuberville said to him, um, are you ready to stop coaching? and mm you know, everybody has different approaches, but I think Gus really is a likable guy and he does well with recruiting. And I think he does it the right way. I would love to see him more of a overseer of everything and letting his talent do what they can do on the the day-to-day coaching operation.
0: Yeah. I I would love to see that. And it kind of reminded me of, um, I don't know if you heard this, but from the bowl game, um, What's the uh, Minnesota's coach's name? What's his name? Oh, my um,
1: goodness. Yeah, row the boat guy. Um, yeah, the row the
0: boat guy. Um, P.J. Fleck. Yeah, P.J. Fleck. One of his quotes, which I, I thought was really neat after the game, was he had turned over the offense to uh, his offensive coordinator, which I I thought was he, – he was like, I trust my guys. Yeah. And I think that's where Gus needs to trust his guys. Um, trust what they're doing. Try to, you know let them do their thing um, because that that's when you get the most out of people is when they know it's all on them um, to do what they need to get done which a lot of times is you know in-game changes or uh, just even the day-to-day practices well that you you got your your guys
1: you're 100% right I know we got to move on from Chad but um, you know I mean this is not a football quote, but Steve jobs was quoted as saying, it would be crazy for me to hire somebody because of their talent and then tell them what to do. And I think that if you're bringing in talented people and he's done it on the defense, I mean, mm-hmm. our, you got to give the, you got to give Gus credit. He made some great oh, yeah. hires. Um, I mean, we were, I don't, you, a lot of AJ, you may not be old enough to remember, man, cause we, we got bad <laughs> at defense there for a few years. And, um, you know he brought in uh, Will Muschamp that that turned that mentality, um, and now Kevin Steele has just you know taken that to another dimension.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, I remember dominant defenses of past, but they weren't anything like like I've seen under Kevin Steele. Um, even though it's just it's it, we can talk about it later, but it's just the changes of offense even um, that have made the defenses had to uh, have to adjust. What Kevin
1: um, Still did at LSU this year is amazing. I mean, they practiced incredible. that for a week, and yeah. people can make fun. Well, you still, we did lose the game, but it was by three with a freshman quarterback on the road, and that was amazing. I mean, yep, yeah,
0: absolutely. And if Kevin Still hadn't pulled that out of his bag and said, "Guys, we're running this three-one-seven formation," it it just we we could not have even stayed with
1: no LSU. no we were, I mean, no, we no gotten, other
0: team has been able to stay with lsu nope.
1: this season and there were probably i hate to say this but georgia was probably a more talented defense and and they tried to do what we did and they couldn't do it yep um so it was a, uh, uh, he did a great job
0: yeah for sure um let's talk about one other uh kind of coaching change it's more of a position i don't know like promotion in a way <laughs> uh was uh travis williams t will our man uh, linebacker coach. Uh, he has been. Uh, he's been announced as the recruiting coordinator, uh, which I thought was a huge, uh, really big thing for Auburn. This is a guy that we've known as a really good recruiter. Uh, but wanted to throw a couple of stats out there for you, just to kind of put into perspective how well T. Will has done at Auburn. So from 2007 to 2016. So 10 seasons, 10 classes that Auburn has gone through. Uh in the linebackers, four and five stars, we've had uh only seven. So, you know, a little one or so a year. Compare that to the last four classes that we've had. Four and five star linebackers. We've had eight. So, you know, at least two on average per year. So, that's great. You're looking at A ridiculous amount of talent that T Will is pulling in at linebacker it's crazy
1: you you know we talked about Puig or or however we pronounce it yeah (laughs) um I mean Travis is that guy too he you know I would go play for him and um you know it's it's he's got that natural talent of getting you ready to go run through a brick wall but also giving you a hug and letting you know he loves you you know some guys I think Mm Rodney Garner's more of a um, hey, I'm gonna uh, uh, just get you to run through a brick wall. Uh, Travis can kind of do both. Um, he's gonna do that, and then after the game, you know, tell you he loves you. And um, he's he's a uh, you just watch his videos about how excited he gets about his players when they win awards and stuff. And he uh, he he's not fake at all.
0: Yeah, you can tell for sure. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Senior Bowl. So Senior Bowl happened on uh, January 25th. Uh, Auburn had. Um, Originally, just three guys get invited to it, uh, which is, you know, like I say, it's only three. Um, (laughs) It's probably about average um, for Auburn. But uh, it was Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown, and Prince Tega Winogo. And uh, all three of them got the invite. Derek Brown ended up uh, not accepting it. And, you know, I don't blame him. Uh, He's pretty much a lockdown for the top 10 in the NFL draft. He doesn't have anything to prove doesn't want to get injured um, and then you got Marlon Davidson um, who in practice was just wowing guys it, it felt like there were certain days I would just go on Twitter and guys I've uh, recruit like um, reporters were talking about him that I've never heard of and they were talking about oh my gosh this Marlon Davidson guy is incredible <laughs> did you um, see what he
1: said Oh yeah, he said that he loves football because you get to you get to attack men and hit them and not have to worry about getting arrested. Yeah, I was like, I love. It. I mean,
0: that's a quote that made it around. I think even <laughs> I don't know if the NFL combines Twitter account. I think it might have retweeted that because I was like, all right, Marlon, <laughs> that was that was a a clip worthy, wonderful yeah. quote right yeah,
1: there. That's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, um, but unfortunately, Marlon Davidson uh and one of the team's practices had an ankle injury just very minor but enough where uh he ended up not playing for the, uh during the senior bowl uh, but still got all the practices and got to be in front of a lot of the scouts for the NFL uh Prince Tega Winogo um uh, he was down there as well practicing uh, but ended up uh failing his uh physical uh, because of a pre-existing knee injury um, so he didn't get to play in the senior bowl either. Um, so I was thinking, all right, well, what are we going to, I guess we're just not going to have any Auburn guys that are going to play in the <laughs> senior bowl. Uh, but then come two days before the senior bowl, maybe three days, uh, Javaris Davis got an invite. Um, I think it was somebody got injured. That was a DB. And, uh, they were like Javaris, Hey, you want to come play? And he was like, Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Let's make this happen. So, um, he apparently was making his name known um not only there but i mean to come in at such a late time um and pretty much figure out in a matter of two days what's your game plan that's crazy um and to play uh pretty much with guys you've never played with
1: yeah so really cool to see